Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I'm the gnarly gnome. This is Cincy Brewcast. It's the voice of Cincy Craft coming at you live. Sort of. I mean, it's recorded. It's live. If you're here, it's live. Live recorded. It's live recorded. We're live. Um, We're drunk. uh, I'm not drunk yet. I'm feeling at this moment like I probably should be drunker than I am right now. However, I did get two beers. Um, Not because I was needing to get drunk. Uh, It was because the line was so long. It took me like 30 minutes to get those two beers. Um, There's a lot of people out there getting drunk. (laughs) I don't know if that's because everybody is just so excited for Bachfest, or if it's because the weather is nice, or if everybody's just angry that the parade was kind of canceled yesterday um there there was a parade there were people still parading uh, it wasn't as big of a group as it was supposed to be but um i'm sitting here with uh two people that i love to have on the show two people that um I, I i hesitated to have on the show because i don't know how long we're supposed to sit here and talk <laughs> and i know that with both of you we can have a very long conversation if nobody stops us uh mike morgan uh the founder of Bachfest. I'm not the Are founder we of Bachfest. Bachfest actually started in uh, 93, was the first Bachfest, and I was not around to do that. <laughs> it was different then, um, though. What I did was in 2005 was the last Bachfest that was really run by Barrel House. And Barrel House Brewing Company was one of the first two craft breweries in Cincinnati. And this guy started in uh, 95, I think. They made spectacular beers, really wicked smart beers for the time. Also had great food, great music. And they were in Over the Rhine on 12th Street between Maine and Vine back when that was definitely not cool. And you could definitely get shot going there. I've heard people complaining uh, about the location here online, mostly. It's where people complain the loudest. And how how they don't like walking over here to Finley Playground. And it is a joke to me to think about some of those early days, especially of Bachfest and what OTR was, to think that people are afraid to walk here. (laughs) Going to uh, the Barrel House back in 95, I think there was a 28% chance that you got stabbed uh, between your car. I wish that was a joke. (laughs) (laughs) And so, I mean, those guys really were baller in every way. They were, they were very. It was very craft beer. It was craft beer when, like, uh, that. Not that this doesn't mean something, but it meant something. Yes. Yeah. And so they got driven out of the space in 2005, and Bachfest was going to die with it because nobody knew how to run it. Nobody knew how to do the parade. And I happened to be drinking at Arnold's, which I did a lot, and I asked, you know, what's... Actually, I think the question that I asked was, when is Bachfest? Because there's a lot of things that I changed about Bachfest, and one of them is that it's the first weekend of March every year. And that pissed a lot of people off because the date used to fluctuate. It used to to change around Lent. And it was confusing. Just like Easter. Like Easter. Like people never even knew when it was. So I made it the first weekend of March every year. But I asked, when is Bachfest? And that simple question led to, well, Bachfest is is probably no more it's going to die 
And I was kind of drunk. So I was like, no, that cannot happen. You know, Bachfest has to go on. <laughs> and Rhonda, who ran Arnold's Bar and Grill, where the parade starts, said, uh, yeah, that's great. You're running the parade. And I said, okay, I'll do that. Because I was drunk. I didn't know shit about running a parade. <laughs> I, I mean, it's like a parade, parades. right? What could be so hard? Like you just show up and you walk down the street. Yeah. So In theory, that sounds really easy. Yeah. I, started, I, need, I need a I couple started, goats and a couple monks and we'll yeah. just walk. I started running a parade, but it also was... At the time, Bachfest was something that went on on Friday evening. So everything that, that, that came after that, the fact that it's a three-day festival, I turned Bachfest into kind of a month-long thing that was based loosely on Mardi Gras, with the Sausage Queen being based lo loosely on Mardi Gras balls and uh, the precipitation retaliation. If there was a Sausage Queen in the room right now when you had said, balls there would have been some kind of joke that came back and I'm yes. a little disappointed that was not just shouted right sauce queen was more risque back in 2007 when it started but uh yeah so that's i didn't mean to ramble on but th but that's what i didn't found it it, it, it pre-existed <laughs> but i found it i made the the modern incarnation of it you know what one of my favorite things about Bachfest is when you do hear people talk about it they you'll hear people say oh Bachfest is this huge tradition that's been happening for centuries and it's this it feels like this thing that's just always been here it's, it, it hasn't it was like it, it was what the 70s the 80s was it 80s when when Moreland did their Bach was that or Hudipole is that right well, um, it, it was really Cincinnati Brewery has always also made, introduced Brett at some point. Cincinnati, <laughs> no, that's okay. Cincinnati Breweries traditionally did a Bach beer, but it was really Bach Fest was founded when Christian Moorline brought back the first real modern Bach in 1993. 93? Yeah. yeah, that's the same as the 80s for some of yeah. us. 90s, 80s, 70s, <laughs> same shit. Have a long joke. time ago, joke, all right? It's back in the Jack Stone Tripper, ages. whatever. <laughs> but it, it's, it, is a, it is a relatively uh, modern thing that we created here in Cincinnati, which I think is part of what has enabled it to develop the personality that it has. I mean, mm. aside from folks like you that helped kind of give it that personality, but like it's Oktoberfest is Oktoberfest, and there's a thing that Oktoberfest is supposed to feel like and supposed to be. You can't throw an Oktoberfest festival that has Box sausage is a better Oktoberfest. <laughs> this, this has soul and personality and feeling, and Oktoberfest is just forced. It, 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 a lot of them are. Like, there are still some good Oktoberfest festivals that still work, but it's it's very... It's, it's too big at this point. It's too uh, uh, too spread out and too uh, commercialized, I guess is the right way to put it. This is not. Uh, every year you should be worried that this isn't going to happen. <laughs> 
because you can't get people together and to, to make it happen. It should always feel very uh, chaotic, is the way I always kind of put it. It should still have some kind of grit and some of that, some of that same stuff that we fell in love with with craft breweries. That uh, that craft side of things like that. It's it's people coming and just like making this thing that means something to them for some other reason other than uh, uh, making a boatload of cash off of something. And it's good that the forward public-facing chaos matches the behind-the-scenes chaos that it is to put on this event every right. year, which is just nothing but pure anarchy since 2005. Well, I don't know what happens these days. I can tell you that um, a lot of what we used to do was illegal, and that was the fun of a lot of it, you know? Like, there, there was this banner that we put across Main Street to advertise it, and the banner was never legal. And, you know, I would have to hang it, like, in the middle of the day, in the wind, in the cold, with buses coming down Main Street. And it was just, um, I mean, it was an illegal act, but the, the biggest illegal act of Bachfest history was when we started, it used to be one of my jobs to find a hall for Bachfest every year. Right. And that's why it's here in a tent, because over the Rhine has really gotten priced out of the idea that you can have a box, but you know, you can call somebody up and you could say, I want to rent your place for a weekend, your big ass place for a weekend, three months in advance. Nobody wants going to do that. So I moved it at that period of time. I was acquiring the Christian Moreline Brewery, what became the Christian Moreline Brewery for Moreline. And I was also looking for a Bachfest Hall. So I made them, you know, the same thing. And um, we made the parade end up at the Moreline Brewery. The only problem with that was like the weekend before, the week before Bachfest, I was supposed to be closing that transaction, that real estate transaction. And it didn't happen. The money didn't come through. There was a problem. There was a glitch. It was going to get handled. But the the bottom line was that we did not own <laughs> the space when Bachfest was going to happen. Which what year was this? Is this two thousand. This would have been two thousand and nine, okay. I think. And you know there was this whole question of like we're planning on having this huge festival in at this hall, this building that we don't own or control. What do we do about it? I had keys to it, you know? <laughs> That's big. <laughs> so, There's not I a lot of people up here looking for things like that. Yeah. I don't remember whose signature I put on the liquor license. <laughs> but what I can tell you Christian is the liquor Moreline. license. It's, I am a lawyer. Statute of limitations is up on it. The liquor license was fraudulent. <laughs> And the entire Bachfest Hall weekend was trespassing. <laughs> but that was that used to be the spirit of Bachfest, it man. Is, it still is, maybe maybe done a little differently. But like even this morning when they're doing the blessing of the Bach, like I don't know how much of a joke it was. I missed the the, the makeshift parade that happened this morning. Uh, but she made a comment. She said, "Well, yeah, we we should have stayed on the the sidewalks." Sorry. 
Uh, even that, like, okay. <laughs> yeah. like, that's that's the spirit of Bachfest. I, I, I always kind of joke with people, like, you know, last night when the parade was, was quote-unquote canceled, uh, the joke is that like, you can't cancel Bachfest. Like, no matter mm-hmm. what, like, you could say, it's done, the tent is torn down, uh, Bachfest is done. People would still show up and sit here in the mud and sit and drink beer together because that's what Bachfest was. Bachfest was this thing to uh, reinvigorate a neighborhood in Cincinnati that's important to Cincinnati for a lot of different reasons, uh, done by people that have a passion for that. And, like, you can't, you can't stop that passion no matter how much you want to. Like, that, to me, is what Bachfest is about. Like, it's... Uh, it, 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 sometimes that's kind of what makes it as fun as it is, is that, uh, that little step beyond what <laughs> the desire to celebrate at this point in time is yeah. strong. Oh yeah. We've repented all January. We've rebuilt I our didn't. bank accounts. I didn't repent. <laughs> <laughs> I was supposed to do that. <laughs> we self-flagellated all through February. We're ready to get wild. And it's time at the beginning of March, and Bachfest is going to happen. Absolutely. It's ready for it. Uh, we still didn't officially introduce you. Brett Coleman Baker. Oh, hello. Uh, yes. Uh, from Urban Artifact, if you guys don't know them, uh, they make beers. Uh, sorry. They make fruit tarts that are very not Bach beers. <laughs> no. We don't even have a beer here. <laughs> they, make, they make liquid that is the complete opposite of all of the things that are being poured here. But uh, that's that's why we love you. I do um, love a good Bach, though. Uh, who doesn't? Yeah. Who doesn't? Who doesn't? Who doesn't? I don't. I hate it. I've always hated it. I hate popcorn. It's way too multi. It's way too sweet. I appreciate a well-executed Bach. But I have never liked Bach beer, and so yeah, it's it's a that's a pretty ironic thing. My well, my thing about Bach beer is I, it's not that I I don't dislike Bach beer. I, I really enjoy drinking it, but I just I can't drink it in the quantity that I feel like you're supposed to at Bachfest. Like it's just so so much. There's something about Bachfest. It's like. How everyone says Guinness tastes better in Ireland, right? but it literally isn't any different than the Guinness we get here. But you're on vacation in Ireland, so it tastes better. So you're telling Bockfest me... tastes better Bock at Bockfest because you're, 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 on, you're on beer vacation. This is a vacation around Bach, and it's going to taste good. Uh, and it does. Speaking of beer, uh, I'm curious what everybody's drinking, because that is a big part of the show. And if I can remember what the button is, especially looking at it upside down... Uh, the volume was down too low. From the beer fridge, it's a segment on the show where we, we drink things. Um, I am drinking Mad Tree's Gutenbach. It's a good beer. It is delicious. <laughs> it's a good beer. Uh, 7.5%. Again, it's like it's big. It's, uh, it is a big Bach beer, but, uh, but done. Uh, it's still approachable enough that you can have one or two of them. And we hold his microphone. Something's happening. It's, it's not. Uh, it's, it's not quite. <laughs> it's not quite full-on Doppelbach territory. It's not fully traditional Bach. It's this nice in-between right. that I really dig. My favorite so far has been a complete surprise. I've never had anything from this brewery. Bach Family Brewing debauchery. Oh my goodness. I, there's been Which, a lot of what people... Brewery? Bach Family Brewing. Never even heard of it. They're, they're pretty they, new. They took over uh, another space up in uh, southern Dayton. And I don't remember the name of the place. Um... If anybody was listening, they could tell me if they knew. They don't. Um, 
uh, I can't remember what it was, but they, they took over another brewery and kind of moved in and kind of slowly have been working their own thing into it. Traditional styles, a lot of, a lot of German stuff. Um, and of course, if your name is Bach, you've got to make a Bach beer. <laughs> I went with Westside for this one, and I have oh, Northern Road down there. Um, I Westside is one of those breweries that I always feel safe grabbing a full pint of it if it's a traditional style. They uh, they're way better than they should be. Any 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 <laughs> traditional beer, they're gonna definitely Westside is gonna knock it out of the park. They do it. Uh, so I haven't had that, but I've had I've been drinking box all day, which is why currently I'm drinking a psychopathy from Mad Tree because I needed hops. <laughs> you know what though? Like uh, even like I'm not a huge hop guy. Like I don't love super hoppy beers. But after a day like today, like the last beer that I have is probably going to be like a super big IPA, something super hoppy that just kind of cuts through everything that I've had all day because they do taste way better after your. Uh, that dog is peeing on our chair. That's funny. Just peed right on our chair. <laughs> <laughs> it's the fun of live <laughs> events. Um, but yeah, so like I remember um, Jungle Gems used to do, I don't know if they still do it, they do a, or did or do something, a barrel-aged beer fest, mm. which is a really cool idea. Lots of barrel-aged beers. Uh, but especially back then when they were doing it, it was a lot of just big bourbon beers like just same thing over and over and over again but then you would find kind of sporadically throughout there like a like a, like a sour beer some kind of barrel aged sour and it cut through everything else and tasted a hundred times better than it probably tasted alone by itself just because of the uh, juxtaposition between the two why do you think box not a bigger thing year-round in Cincinnati if people love sugar which Man. they do with the pastry stouts and the pastry sours and all that crap why in box with the German history here in Cincinnati how is Bach not a bigger thing I just think it's like I think it's hard to explain to people I think even here a lot of the people that are out there enjoying Bach beer and drinking Bach beer if they saw something else they would probably get that like I, I imagine as the night goes on you'll see people drinking a lot of the other stuff from Sonder um, because they have other beers here um, you'll probably start seeing more seltzers and things like that because they just really don't Seltzer like, Bach? Uh, yeah they just <laughs> they just don't people just are confused by styles that aren't comfortable if that makes sense in my I mean, you know Spaten is on tap all year it's very nice Bach. Sure. Good legit Bach. So do people just throw the caution to the wind this one weekend a year in Cincinnati? Yeah. They, like, I don't know what the fuck a Bach is, but I'm going to drink the shit out of it. Yeah, they see the line for the people over there in the craft thing, and they're like, oh, here's where we get our beer. And they're like, oh, I'll take that one. <laughs> that's, I, I, I get you drunk. Yeah, I just I think that a lot of people just uh, get get overwhelmed and just kind of take the nearest thing a lot, like uh, just in life. Um, I don't think that a lot of the things people are drinking are is, is really the things that they would be drinking if they were paying attention. I think maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. What do you think? I don't know. What's I mean? What's we should just turn this I mean, into a seltzer festival? When, when, when <laughs> I've been to those. They're not that exciting. Uh, the box flavored uh, Astra. When that would crush. Kind of speaking of March first, when they opened their doors, they were going to keep a Bach on year but year round. Like they had a Heller Bach that was supposed to be part of their core lineup, mm. and it lasted like four months. But they're like, this is this is dumb. 
<laughs> nobody, nobody wants this. It was probably the same batch for those four months too. Oh, I, yeah, probably. I remember that game when we first opened. That saison that we had on tap year round for that first year. It was the same batch from the first time before we even opened. It took us 12 months to get through it. So yeah. But we even like Oktoberfest. Like everybody loves Oktoberfest beer. But Mike, you like Oktoberfest, right? Yeah, I like. Okay, Oktoberfest. I'm just like, making sure because you're the only person that'll sit at Bachfest and say you don't fe like Bachfest. Fe fest beer is more. Uh, yeah, I like the fest beers. Yeah. Well, fest like beers or Oktoberfest beers. Or Meertsons. What? Meertsons. Meertsons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, you know, like, even those styles can't survive outside of that season. No, like, people, as soon as October 1st rolls around, no one wants a damn Oktoberfest beer. Or really, November 1st. Do you think it's because with that one, they have the word October in the name of the beer? Or is it something bigger that kind of plays into the same reason that Bach doesn't work outside of... But this I don't know, people don't drink Christmas beers on January 1st, so That's maybe true. it is something to do with the name. It just says October. I don't know. With that thinking, I don't know though, what month October is, though, but it must be, it must be March. I think it's March. <laughs> I think we've, we've decided that here in Cincinnati. We've, we've determined. Um, uh, but with, with that thinking, Bach should be able to work outside of this bubble because it doesn't have the name of... I, mean, I don't think I don't think anybody should drink it more than this weekend, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean Scheinerbach is it's a bullshit. Scheinerbach actually is a Bach only as an anomaly of Texas law, where above a certain ABV, right. Texas law said you had to either call yourself an ale or a Bach, arbitrarily, no matter what your actual beer style was. So Scheinerbach is not a real Bach, but um, what about Michelob Amberbach? Ooh, another good example. Uh, Michelob Amberbach, absolutely <laughs> legitimate Bach. <laughs> but even even yeah. both of those, like they're not. It's not like a Bach beer disguising itself as something else. It's something else disguising itself as a Bach beer, which just throws a wrench in my whole thinking. About it doesn't all make of any it. sense. None of it makes sense. But it, but it is. But but they both. Even the Michelob is a maltier beer. It's a sweeter beer. So I don't know. I mean, like, why don't you serve Bach all year round? Why don't you serve it as opposed to a pastry stout? <laughs> I mean, we still don't if you're gonna have. If you're gonna serve a pastry stout in July, I don't know why the hell you don't have a Bach in July. People, it, I don't, it does not matter the weather. People are going to crush sugar beers. When I went down to Florida, God help me, the last time I went to Florida, hopefully ever, there was so much pastry <laughs> beers there. It was insane. It is 90 degrees and humid as Satan's taint in here. What the fuck are you doing drinking this much pastry stouts? But people are just crushing them everywhere. That's, it's crazy. I, I, uh, why? Why are people doing? Is it just sure because we're a, a country that loves sugar? Yeah, but it's it, it's like it's you have to like almost shout at people that like there's a lot of sugar in this. Like you can't just like because I mean, obviously it's different types of sugar, but uh, like Bach is a sweet beer. Like there's a lot of sugar going on yes. in all of these beers. That's why I'm confused why it's not more popular because it is sweet. Right, it, they don't have to be, but a lot of them are. Why are we not seeing pastry box? <laughs> I'll check you know, a pastry box. A box with, with some kind of uh, you know candy thrown in there too, or like you know, you know 
I don't know. Like you could probably do something fun there with with you know peanuts or something to make some kind of candy bar. Mike's got an interesting theory about sugar addiction in America, and it all goes back to the basically worst period in American history, Prohibition. Yeah, I think that I haven't proven this yet, but I think that we can prove it. That during Prohibition, you see this switch. I mean, the breweries start to make sodas. Right. The bars that stay open become soda fountains. The breweries, in addition to making soda, they make chocolate and ice cream. And we start making a lot of these processed sugar products. So I think in the 20s, that's the beginning of America as a diabetic, sugar-addicted country. We traded alcohol for sugar. For sugar. During Prohibition. Yes. Spurred on also by cocktails and mixers yes. and having to make that unpalatable shit tasty. Why didn't it why didn't it go back though after we became drunks again? I mean not that we stopped being drunks during Prohibition, well, but sugar's never been cheaper and it stayed cheaper. Industrial Revolution allowed it to become available for extremely cheap. Right. And I think it's only been perpetuated since. And at this point in time, the sugar bear is out of the sugar box, so to speak. <laughs> and Wilford Brimley ain't happy. <laughs> also, I mean, it, it is, it, it, it's, it's highly addictive. And we put it in everything, and we start infants with it. So I we can't have even buy children's food that doesn't have fucking sugar in it. Yeah. It's a problem. Yeah. So we have become successive generations that from, I mean, you trying to raise your uh, child, you're running into that problem. And the problem is that Oh, no, that I'm it's, buying the children's food for myself. Yeah. <laughs> I like my food in taste nothing form. to do with children. <laughs> but even I, like, I drink the hell out of Pedialyte <laughs> because it's good to prevent hangover. But, uh, but so even, that's a pro tip right there. Even like the, the, the fruit that you go and buy in the store thinking you're eating better than going and buying sugar smacks or whatever the popular cereal, cereal is. I, I don't know. Uh, the, the fruit itself is genetically modified to be sweeter and to be more sugary than it used to be. Like it's it, it's a it's yeah. A, it's a honey thing. crisp apple can go fuck itself. I want an apple and tastes like an apple again. <laughs> Just say you want it. No, no, no. <laughs> too much I work. I want a fucking apple, right? Bogfest. <laughs> <Spock fest. laughs> I want my apples to taste like grapples again. I need a grape apple in my life. What is a grapple? A, a grape did, apple? Did That's you never have a grapple? No, I never had a grapple. You're making that up. <laughs> it's an apple that was sprayed with grape flavoring. I what? shit you that, not. That's it was a thing? A, yeah, it was a thing in the aughts. Okay. Yeah, I mean, anyway. I've had, I've had, there was a, uh, there were grapes that I accidentally bought one time that tasted like cotton candy. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. That was... I didn't like that. <laughs> my grapes that taste like grapes. Weird. So anyway, uh, grapes and Bach naturally we, go hand in hand. I mean, Cincinnati grapes, uh, wine. I mean, there, there's a, there's some kind of connection there. Um, uh, where do we go from here? <laughs> How does? Uh, I mean, maybe we do that. So as Bach Fest continues to kind of grow and evolve throughout its history, uh, how, how how is it supposed to keep some of that same um, uh, moxie, I guess, some of that same kind of personality that it had uh, in those early days and that it does in kind of those little brief moments? How do you, how do you keep do, the soul do of a festival? How do you not let it become Oktoberfest? 
I feel like the rate of this isn't going to answer the question, but the rate of decay for these festivals it seems like it's at an all-time high. Like you could argue, Blink is still the best festival in Cincinnati. I think hands down, bar none. It's going to bring us nationwide uh, attention and has and continue to. But this year, this past year, compared to the first year. It's just you can feel the soul being sucked was, out of it. It. Was, it was a fast change. And just look at Bunbury or Midpoint Music Festival or all these festivals. They just they just light speed warp themselves into having the soul sucked out of them. And I feel like Bogfest has been able to maintain that. And I don't know how we keep maintaining that moving forward, though. Is it? You don't. You, you don't. You don't. <laughs> I mean, it, but. There are ways that you can guard against it. I mean, in the decade that I grew and ran the parade, there were rules for the parade. You know, politicians couldn't be in the parade unless they wanted to dress as something. Uh, you couldn't. You want to promote your business? Okay. You know, as long as you look like a fucking goat while you're doing it or whatever. So... You know, there was nobody that actually enforced these rules because there was no pre-advanced sign-up, which is also a thing. Just show up and be in the parade. Right. But, you know, there was, but they were posted online. So, so there, there, there was a tenor that was set for it, which is, is you know, but now, like, I think last year they said it was the, the biggest parade ever. Okay, fine. I watched it, and um, it sucked. Because there was a lot of soulless nonsense. <laughs> it didn't in it. suck. It just may not have been as good. <laughs> I can tell you, as somebody that built we that wanna, parade, we want to thank Bachfest for inviting us to make a podcast on the stage right now. <laughs> I've always enjoyed my time being absolutely hammered at the parade and whipping coasters at people's faces that are on the side of the street. <laughs> We had all these people just coming down, you know, oh, I have a pickup truck and a business, and I'm going to stick the sign in the back of it. That's how it became the biggest Bachfest parade ever. That's not what it's supposed to be about. Right. You know, it's it, it's supposed to be, you have to put some work into being in that parade. It sounds like the answer is just the same answer that what's killing Everything. American political discourse. <laughs> We got to keep the money out of it. We got to keep the the right. money grubbing corporations off of the soul filled, wonderful thing that is Bachfest, in order to maintain the integrity of Bachfest. Bachfest was never designed to be a particularly profitable thing, and at the end of the day, you have to realize that some things are, just aren't about the fucking money, and. The best things usually aren't about the money. Right. That's a, that's so, a very true statement. Yeah. It's the friends we've made along the way. That's right. Should we sing a song? <laughs> <laughs> but what, what as, as a drinker who's hanging out at Bachfest, how do, how do we keep perpetuating that culture of, of what this is? Because that's, to me, that's the thing that does it. I mean, if, if you walk in here one day and it's, uh, you know, Bachfest, uh, sponsored by um, Anheuser-Busch Carbach, no, no offense to you know, Anheuser-Busch, but, uh, you know, like, uh, you know, they're, like, we, we know what these, what, what some of these things mean. And it's being it's, weird, then. Dressing up. Being yourself. Not being afraid to be a little bit strange. That kind of seems like a good way to push back. Right. Make it so they don't want to sponsor it. Yes. Yes. 
<laughs> Maybe that's the secret. It comes. It, it, it really starts top down, though. I mean, it it is about whether. Um, but the average the average person that's here drinking has no idea how any of this happens. They don't like they they don't really control anything from the top down. They're here just drinking. That's right, and they should be. But um, it. That yeah, attitude, they're drinking. They know. <laughs> that attitude used to manifest in the parade and in the bars and in the places that you drank, because the attitude was part of it. And so, it, you know, you can either um, reject or embrace a corporate monetary attitude. I embrace bogitude trademark Anheuser-Busch because I support the right, <laughs> right. bockitude on Bockfest. I think so maybe if I can if I can kind of find a way through some of that like if <laughs> if if uh, you are, are you call me drunk. No, no, that's not all I'm saying. I'm saying if I'm sitting if I'm sitting at a bar stool at Arnold's and I'm scrolling through the Bachfest list and I'm seeing that it's sponsored by Anheuser Busch or it looks like it's something that uh, is not what Bachfest is supposed to be, just stay on your bar stool at Arnold's and start talking about Bachfest and then that becomes Bachfest and, and then and then walk to another bar and sit there and say hey we're at Bachfest and just continue to kind of, kind of make Bachfest what you want it to be like yes. if if this it needs support if this ever one day sucks don't come here go right around the corner and go sit at a bar and drink Bach beer because they're going to have it and and do that and invite your friends and make your own Bach fest because that's kind of what Bach fest is supposed to be. You know, and it's it's still my favorite weekend of the year in Cincinnati. This is my favorite thing. And something we took at Urban Artifact that we have applied to our business so all of our employees can hopefully live this same culture and love it as much as we do even though we don't make any Bach beer so we have an official paid employee you holiday you made a Bach beer for Bach Fest we don't do Easter but Bach Fest it's a paid day off go to the parade get drunk have fun come back to work on Monday you guys did make a Bach beer yeah we've done it before yeah. <laughs> we don't <laughs> <laughs> what is uh I mean, uh, nobody's watching us to see what we talk about. We could talk about Missing Link. You guys, uh, the, the two of you, kind of took this this thing that is Bachfest in the spirit of a festival and took it to the summertime and made a festival that revolves around the yeast that you guys at Urban Artifact mm. uh, spelunked down into the uh, the lagering tunnels of uh, the uh, the Link Brewery found a viable yeast down there this makes it all sound so simple and then propagated it and turned it into something you could brew with and uh shared it with the world so i can't say it's a bach yeast that we found but no, i also but, no, but can't I'm... say it's not a bach yeast <laughs> so as far as i'm concerned we're making bach beer <laughs> no but you you told me the yeah. spirit of the festival is where i was going with that <laughs> you, 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 we you, didn't steal the yeast no no not bach yeast uh bach fest uh spirit you took that yeah, into missing like festival is where i was going absolutely the, the, the spirit of it is the same thing and 
just with it's, a little more it's Sasquatch. Kind of, it's a very, uh, you know, local festival, and the breweries that we have making these beers, you know, the, the yeast is kind of funky, so the breweries all need to be skilled, and, and they need to know what they're doing to make a really good Missing Link beer. And, you know, I always said that um, in, in the period of time that I ran Bachfest, I used to kind of wistfully think, someday I'll create a festival that's not the first week into March where the weather is terrible, <laughs> and it's not centered around a beer that I hate. <laughs> and so that's Missing Link, you know? It's uh, the first week into June where the weather is usually fantastic. And the beers are really complex and good and interesting. So I, I love the beers, and it, it's the same kind of attitude of weirdness and localness. If we have this much German heritage in Cincinnati, why can't we have six, ten, a dozen German-centric beer festivals celebrating German beer and German beer history? And that's what Missing Link is. It's, yeah. a, it's a celebration of our brewing heritage here in Cincinnati in a, in a fun and unique and sisterly way to Bachfest. Right, right. What I think is, is cool about Missing Link versus Bachfest, just on the beer side, is that uh, Missing Link beer, whatever that is from whatever brewery, can be a whole lot of different things. Like sometimes it's sour, sometimes it's uh, it's 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 IPA, you know, whatever. Sometimes it's IPA, sometimes it's real earthy farmhouse. and like you know farmhousey, and it's just there's a whole really crazy spectrum there. You don't get that from Bach. It's Bach. Uh, sometimes it's a little lighter, and sometimes it's a little not. If you don't like a malt bomb, you're screwed. Do what? If you don't like a malt bomb, you're screwed. I mean, there, there are some Heller box that are a little lighter and a little crisper. I think I, I feel like we could find you a box that you would like. I think. Maybe. I uh, ran Bachfest for 10 years. <laughs> it was also... I never found a Bach I really but, liked. But, I found ones I didn't hate. I mean, but, I, and, and don't get me wrong... I drank the hell out of them all weekend long. I got really drunk, and I stayed that way. But, and I, but uh, I don't like them. Even at that, how many how many different breweries were in Cincinnati then versus now? Oh, it is radically different. Like and there's there's a, a, a lot of uh, actually. If I'm being honest, the past few years, I have had some really good box because it. Um, we do have a, a large number of breweries, and and they're doing different takes, and a lot of them are making really good beers. I think I think when things grow to a certain point, it enables some of the other, some of the little guys, or some of the people that have a little more uh, personality to them to uh, to kind of do something that isn't normal. And I think that that's part of the fun of a beer scene that is the size of what's happening in Cincinnati is that you can have breweries that are like, yeah, this is. This is strange, and I don't think the majority of people are going to like it. But you know what? Like, I, everybody else is doing this, so that leaves room for this. Um, so, I, I, you know, I, I think that we just haven't really seen that yet with Bach. I, I mean, there, there are things, you know, like... Uh, Hats off, Sam Adams with that breakfast Bach that they did mm. is is an example of one of those things. Not that it's, I don't need a breakfast beer all the time, but like it's it's taking Bach and kind of giving it this other personality and turning it into something. I think that there is room for people to play on the lighter side of Bach and um, turn it into something that maybe people that don't want a big malt bomb. <laughs> 
would enjoy. It's my person, my my personal opinion. Um, uh, so, going back to Missing Link, um, the last couple uh, Missing Link festivals have have been weird because of uh, the pandemic that happened. Uh, last year was kind of the first festival that really. Um, was in, was was able to do its thing properly. I think. Mm. Uh, how does that now grow into the third ish year of it? How does it how does it keep growing? How does it keep evolving? How does it get better? How does it uh, start to show its real personality? Well, I think it's going to be next year that we really push the envelope. Well, we're trying to, to get people to come this year, so let's <laughs> pretend it's this year. <laughs> <laughs> Or maybe they should come this year to see, and then next year to see what it really I, is. Personally, I'll just stay home and wait until next year. Wait yeah, until 2024. <laughs> You're not 20, listening. 2024 is what I'm pushing. <laughs> no, you know, we have a, a lot more breweries this year. We're up to 18 breweries that are participating. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the band lineup is going to be really cool. We don't have that solidified yet, but we're growing it. We're, we're adding we're a Sasquatch it. calling competition. It, yeah, and we're adding a Ooh, Sasquatch okay. calling competition. Mm-hmm. So you need to come out for that. You need to do it. You need to call guess, Sasquatch. Do you want a guest judge? Yeah. I just need to under... Yeah, I could get I think I could the judge. You, I think the gnarly gnomes... I don't, I don't know what a Sasquatch call is supposed to sound like, though. That's the beauty of it. Okay. Right. You know it when you hear it. Okay. Well, I yeah. imagine lots of grunting. Yeah. Okay. All right. I got something in my head. <laughs> You you need to imagine, Gnome, that you're a a, a Sasquatch. Uh, okay, you know, I'm there. And you're looking you're looking for a partner, like a roommate. You just have to do your thing, man. Like, okay. what does that sound like? I've, I've made that call a couple times. <laughs> I have it in my head. Uh, so uh, more beer. Uh, more entertainment. Um, uh, Those take, things are fine. Show up, bitches. Let's let's take <laughs> let's let's take a couple steps back. Like, what is what is the personality of Missing Link? Like, we all know uh, Bachfest, and we know that it's about well, Andrew. I'm not going to lie about, to you. I can't focus on anything right now except for chickens. <laughs> Chickens? I can't stop thinking about chickens. Chickens. I, I feel like there's a joke to be had with the fact that we're at Bachfest and that chickens say Bach, and I oh. can't figure out how to oh, make wow. it. Oh, wow. Okay. I Like the past five minutes, this is all I've been able to think about right now. I can't this, focus on Missing Link. We this, need to figure out how to make a chicken joke with Bachfest. This has never entered my mind at all. Normally, so uh, Rachel Appenfelder, shout out to Rachel. I don't know if she decided to come today or not, but uh, uh, the last time she was on my show, uh, she was wearing a chicken hat because she, you know, she you know how much she loves Bachfest. However, every joke that she made had nothing to do with chickens. <laughs> she was using uh, it was not it was, it was not Bach that she was using as the correct jokes. Yeah, um, and I've never even thought that Bachfest. I can't say that in all of my history of Bachfest, I've ever heard a chicken joke, Brent. <laughs> in all the sausage queen competitions. <laughs> One of my favorite sausage queen candidates was this really very pretty, but like just very sweet looking woman who taught kindergarten for a living. And she stood up in her talent 
was to tell uh, dead baby jokes. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> they were also incredibly offensive. Right. And she was like, <laughs> she just looked so sweet. You know, straight off a Hallmark card. <laughs> it's what, it's what did made she, all of it Did fantastic. she sit like in a rocking chair with a, like, a little storybook in front of her? <laughs> she didn't have to. I mean, she looked just like straight out of the gate. She looked like a kindergarten teacher. You know, she just had such an innocent, sweet appearance. And, and she just told these most vile offensive jokes and she was one of my favorites because that's just that's, fucking funny that's Bachfest. <laughs> yeah that is Bachfest. yeah <laughs> yeah the chicken jokes i haven't heard one in all that period of time though mm. no. there's a lot of goats no chickens i yeah. now i'm gonna be stuck on that well, I'm just glad that the Sausage Queen continues to live on. We have a wonderful new oh, 2023 man. champion. Even that, even that is so Bachfest. The fact that uh, you know some stuff didn't didn't happen the way it was supposed to, and or that people wanted it to, and and but Sausage Queen was canceled. Ugh, canceled. It's done. You know, there's no Sausage Queen. Um, the Sausage Queens of of old. Uh, there's the, the Sausage Court. There's the, there's a term for that that I'm missing. Um, the Sausage uh, Queen will not be denied. Yeah, they're like, yeah, it's, yeah we're still gonna do it. And they just they found a spot and they threw their own competition and crowned a new Sausage Queen this year. That's Bachfest. Mm -hmm. That is 100% what things are supposed to be. Like, if you come here and there's not something that you think is supposed to be here, you just walk down the street and make it happen. And that's that's what makes this what it is. I don't, I don't, uh, I don't know that that can exist at a lot of festivals. Like, it's that's a really hard thing to uh, uh, to build. You can't design it. It just happens it just happens having the right people at the right time in the right place and um and Bachfest is born <laughs> well you can't you can build a personality into a thing and um i think I, I hope that that's what we're doing with missing link from the beginning which is to build a personality into it that is realistic and that is can be continued you know that, that it doesn't it, it it lends itself to growing without losing its soul well, missing link to me is is interesting in the way that it involves everybody else too like it's like with without other breweries making a missing link beer the festival doesn't mean anything uh Bachfest, okay if if all hell broke loose and everybody's like, you know what, we're not going to make Bach beer anymore. This is dumb. People only buy it one weekend. We're not going to make it. One brewery could be like, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll sponsor Bach Fest. We'll do this. We're going to make Bach. The festival would still go on, and I I don't think that most people would notice. I think that they would just kind of keep going and, and be fine with it. That can't happen with Missing Link. Missing Link needs the community to embrace this idea and this 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 other thing, and then the personality kind of sits on top of that. But at the core of it, it's about that beer and that yeast and this this idea of uh, Cincinnati having this yeast. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. No, I <clears throat> I dig it. That that's exactly I think right. We it doesn't. We can make sure our Missing Link, but it's not a thing. Unless people will it to be a thing, which at this point in time needs other brewers to help will yeah. this into reality. And by doing that, and by living and brewing Cincinnati history to life, 
we're able to create something that we wouldn't be able to do on our own. Okay. And I, it shows. I mean, yep. we we tried early on doing a couple little things, and it, you know, it was fine. It was fun. We made some really good beer, but it never really turned into anything. But then when we invited Humble Monk to get involved, when they were like, hey, we should reach out to some other brewers, all these pieces started falling into place. And before you knew it, last year, we like to think of it as our first year, even though it clearly wasn't. Right. It, it was way bigger than we would have ever guessed it would have been. It was great. And it, with Bachfest, as Bachfest grew, it was bars that really helped it grow. So it's different. I mean, the beer wasn't that. The, the beer was Bach beer. But uh, you needed a lot of. You can of, pretend of, like you like it every <laughs> once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> you needed a lot of bars to carry it and sign on and be involved. And it's. With Missing Link, I mean, we're going to get there with that a little bit with bars, but it's mostly with the breweries. It's but it's the same concept that uh, we do need. I mean, we need other people to help make it a thing. Right. And I I think what what is really important is that you continue to respect those people and you feed them back. That's a good point, and that's something we are trying to bring into Missing Link too. And it, yeah. this is a little bit of a tangent, but. Something that existed when Bachfest was getting going, or didn't exist when Bachfest was going and exists now, is that there wasn't 60 plus breweries in Cincinnati, and there wasn't over a dozen breweries that had more than one tap room. And all the more breweries that open, and all the more breweries that open multiple tap rooms, there becomes some friction between the local bars and it's harder to get the buy-in and it's harder to get them to support the thing that is helping elevate the whole city because they're looking at like well if they're going to your tap room are they coming to my bar right and i and we're trying to include them build up the the bars that want to support missing link in the same way that Bachfest is built on the bars in the history of breweries and also, more importantly, the bars and restaurants here in Cincinnati. Well, that's and that's a thing that like has has gotten lost a little bit in in the craft beer world. Is that like at, at one time, it was it was fun that idea of somebody coming to your bar, knowing that after they had a drink or two or maybe more, that they're going to walk to another bar. Yeah, and then they're going to walk to another bar. The fact that they're just there meant something. Now it's like, no, well, you're you're here. We don't. We want you here. We don't want you to go anywhere else. We want you right here. And like, I, I think that this idea of, you know, we always, you know, play around that, you know, rising tide raise all the ships. And some people subscribe to that, and some people clearly don't. But it's, it's a real thing. Like, if if I, you know, if I if I'm getting it in my Uber and I'm traveling from my place that I live where there isn't a lot of great bars and a lot of great places to go drink and I'm coming down to OTR or I'm going to Northside or I'm going wherever I'm going you should want me to just be there and mm-hmm. know that the the all of the best bars are probably going to get some money out of my pocket that night and just get more people like me there just get us there and get us drinking and start building something that uh that is bigger than just you having people in your neighborhood is more important than well not having people in your neighborhood and just because they're not at your place there's still a benefit yeah and this is something we saw directly in 
north side with some local bars in the area. Like, well, your brewery tap room's here, so we don't want to have your beer on tap. Right. But the few places that do sell a surprisingly large amount of it. It's not that people don't want our beer if they're at your bar or they're only going to go to my place to drink it. They want to go to other places, and if it's there and they're in the neighborhood, then they can support even more hyper-local. They're going to do that. So that there isn't, it doesn't need to be a friction. Well, we and, can work together. And, like, there's a, there's a lot of people out there that, like, I... I love Northside. I couldn't live in Northside. I love OTR. I couldn't live in OTR. But you should still want me to come there and drink the beer and mm-hmm. come drink whatever you are serving as a business. Like you should want me there and you should want to embrace this idea that spend money in the neighborhood attracting people from other places. And I, I, I think that that's getting lost sometimes yeah. now. It has. Uh, Thank you guys for being on the show. If people want to know more about you two, Bruce Guy's Happy Hour, we got to talk about it just a little bit. Uh, one of, I'm not going to say my favorite podcast because I'm going to piss too many people off, especially True Peer Podsequences. They review it's not even my favorite podcast. You can't even listen to one of your favorite podcasts. <laughs> I, said, I said one. I said one of. Uh, definitely one of my favorite local podcasts. Uh, uh, you guys are tracing the history of craft beer in this country, which is a massive undertaking. The oral history of craft beer is how I like to sum it up in one sentence. That doesn't even scratch the surface of what that podcast is, though. Like, if anybody who's listening to this now knows your personalities and 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 hearing some of that kind of wrapped into a a kind of serious show. <laughs> so much fun to listen to it's brilliant uh, i do not envy your podcast producers trying to uh cut it all down and try to make it all work <laughs> no, those fucks know what they're doing <laughs> yeah. people, people that know us in person uh tend to not like us but uh you know <laughs> for the podcast you said it not me for, for the podcast we uh, we apparently we're likable right <laughs> we have dozens of fans dozens yeah dozens dozens and dozens what's uh what's coming up for the next season of that can you talk about that a little we, bit we got what, a little when one. when can we expect something we have about four or five episodes that are about to drop it's season one and a half and it's going to explore what led to the necessity of the craft beer movement in the first place so basically how did the consolidation of beer happen it's a lot of fun it's a more of a narrative driven it's just me and mike it's not a lot of interviews and then we're diving into season two which is the 1990s we got jim cook interview already already recorded which is gonna be fantastic we got oldenburg brewery history we got a lot of fun things coming we're gonna try to get brooklyn brewery and dogfish on the line uh we'll probably interview grossman again i think we're gonna do him every decade we got some really cool shit coming up i feel like jim cook is one of those interviews you could do just for every every episode every every decade every yes. season after that I and mean, he's uh he's a fun guy um any time frame on season one and a half uh, be soon. Time frame, season one and a half. It should be very soon. 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 A couple weeks. Uh, it relies on our producers. But yeah, a couple weeks. It's it's coming out. Oh, and that one, we, we learned a lot. I mean, there's a massive amount of history in it. But um, we learned a lot. We've been, And we get into a lot of like mass-brewed beer. Schlitz. How the hell Schlitz was the number two brewery in the country to complete collapse. <laughs> right. To get through that history. Yeah. 
um, link in the show notes. I'll, I'll put a link to uh, the uh, the podcast, and you guys can, you know, if you're not already subscribed, you can subscribe there. Uh, but, I mean, just get out there and just drink some local beer. I think that's kind of, uh, drink some local beer and, and be loud about it. And, just drink local. Yeah, and if if, uh, if you haven't been to Bachfest, uh, you, you missed the opportunity, but when you listen to this, because it's after Bachfest at this post, but uh, come down next year. Come to Bachfest. Uh, put Missing Link Festival on your uh, calendar. It is June third, <laughs> not 2022. It's 2023. Yes. Uh, but you know, put it on it your is calendar. The 2023rd year <laughs> of 2000. <laughs> put it. Put it on your calendar. Come down for that because uh, it it takes all of those things that you love about Bachfest and uh, sprinkles some Sasquatch on top. Yeah, it's hard to tell from a podcast, but the gnarly gnome is just sexy. So uh, we'd like to say that. Well, really. well I, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. <laughs> when there is a uh, gnarly gnome calling contest, let me know because <laughs> that's when I know that I hit it big. Um, we might add that. We might tack that on to missing link. <laughs> uh, I'm, uh, I'm going to give away a hat too, and I should probably end the show before, but I won't. Uh, uh, is there anybody here that actually knows anything about this show or has ever listened before? Anybody? Mm-hmm. A, couple, a couple people. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, a couple. People. All right, let's do uh, let's do Cincinnati beer trivia. Then there's there's not enough people that actually know this show. Um, let's do. Uh, okay, so during the Brewers games earlier, the the Brewers Bachfest games, whatever they call it, there was a trivia question of what is the first brewery in Cincinnati. And it got under my skin because they had an answer that I disagree with. And and Mike would probably disagree with my answer, too. Uh, What is the first brewery that existed in Cincinnati? Somebody, raise your hand. Raise your hand first because I, I can't hear anything. Right here in the front. It is not Moreland Lager House. That was well, well after... Especially the way you worded that answer. That's Davis Embry was the answer over there, and I disagree with that. Okay, I disagree with that. I think they're wrong. I think they're they're wrong on a couple levels. Anybody else? Is that too hard of a question? Yes. Oh my. Oh my goodness. All right. Who do you who do you think the first brewery is? So I. Cliffside. Dover's, is it no, Dover's, yeah. Dover's okay. the easy one on top of Embry. Uh, in your book, you make a really good argument for a couple other places, though, too. You uh, you, you, you laid out... Uh, it, Dover's the one I was going for, but... Um, oh, but... Huh? No? Yeah? No. I, I, okay. <laughs> give, me, give me another uh, good trivia question here. Something that's easier than that one. Uh... How many ounces are in an imperial pint? Oh, oh, that's a good one. Imperial pint. No, no. Any other guesses? Random question. Guess. It's twenty. Twenty ounces in an imperial pint. Who got that? Those Brits know how to drink. (laughs) (laughs) Whoever said that, I didn't see who. Yeah. 
All right, you won the hat. Uh, let's wrap it up. Uh, thank you, guys. Uh, Cincy Brewcast. Um, it's a it's a show about Cincinnati beer. It's not always this chaotic. It's yeah, it's not even true. It's like fifty percent moderately chaotic <laughs> on a moderate basis. You can find us uh, CincyBrewcast.com. Uh, support all of your local breweries. Also, like if you like this, support us. Go to the gnarlygnome.com slash support, and you can uh, you can support that way. Uh, I mail out free stuff a couple times a year, and that's cool. Sensei Brigas, the voice of Sensei Craft. Woo!